Welcome to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss and explore how to raise children to be successful in all areas of their life. Irene Santanier is a working mum of an entrepreneurial child and shares a passion with her husband to see children succeed. And now, introducing your host, Irene Santanier. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Raising Successful Kids. Uh, I hope everybody is well. I find you well as you're listening to this week's episode. I am very, very privileged today to have a very busy man who's promised to give me some of his precious time to be able to record a podcast with me and uh, I know it's going to provide an awful lot of value to you as the listeners. I'd like to introduce Mr. Darren Galvin to the podcast. Now, this is somebody that I met maybe just last year, I think, something around last year sometime. But I've seen a lot of I've seen him a lot on social media and but I actually had the privilege of sitting next to him at a, at a meal and then he got to meet my husband later and he's just a really all-round decent kind of guy and it's very exciting story that he has. So without any further ado, welcome to the podcast, Darren. Very pleased to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me along. It's been really, it's, it's great to be able to speak to your audience, especially about a matter that uh, I'm very passionate about. Yeah, no, um, I know you're. I know you're very passionate about entrepreneurship and particularly for young people as well. So we're going to explore that a little bit because obviously the podcast is raising successful kids, and that's you know that's really what we're we're talking about. But can you just tell the listeners who don't know about you, um, and I'm sure there will be quite a few who haven't had the pleasure of finding out about you yet, who is Darren Galvin and, and um, what do you do and where are you? What What's so important about what you're doing? Absolutely. I mean, I'll go back a little bit just to put a bit of a bit of substance on, on you know, what it is I've done, etc. So back in, um, let's talk school years, um, I left school 15 years old very lost, very confused as to what I wanted to do, uh, wasn't able to study, wasn't able to get my head into studies at all, very entrepreneurial, which I didn't understand at the time, didn't know, even know what entrepreneurial meant, I probably, mm-hmm. I, I still have trouble spelling it, so, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, so I left school 15, no qualification, didn't sit any GCSEs, and I kind of went into working, I, was, I loved working, like, I was always working from washing cars, I was working on the bins. Um, I, I, I don't, I've never actually said this out loud because I thought I might get in trouble, but I'm going to say it on my podcast. So if I get in trouble, I get. I was working illegally on the bins because I wasn't old enough to work. Um, I, I was 16 at the time, I think it was. So and I was in central London oh, wow. working, on, working on the bins. And then I was doing, um, I, I was a big factory worker. So I did loads of factory jobs, you know, that agency style where you go from one to another. So one minute you're in a plastic factory, like top temperatures, then you're in a freezer factory, and then you're in a tomato packing factory. So I did loads of factory work, just shift work all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm literally a workaholic. I absolutely love work. I live and breathe work. Um, some people think I'm weird for that. Mm. Um I question sometimes if I think I'm weird for that, but <laughs> it's who I am, and mm. um, you know, and it's something I've come to accept. And, and there's been a long journey along the way, and there's been ups and downs, and I'm happy to share them with you. And as a result of that, I've had to find myself as a person. I spent ten years in business, 
And uh, it was shocking, really, when I look back at it. Mm. I know what went wrong, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Yeah. But years of just failing in business. And I, was, I have to use the word failing because it was getting nowhere. Mm. Um, it was because of the fact that I didn't understand what I know now. Yeah. So I sought help with mentors and coaches. Mm-hmm. And what got into that level of understanding and opening my mind to, to that world it was back in November 2017. Um, by May 2018, I launched, uh, I've been playing around a little bit before that, but I officially launched Expert Apps in May 2018. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a very, very interesting journey, which has been phenomenal, like absolutely crazy to the point where we had a, an amazing first year, really, really good turnover, really good profit, very happy clients, building a community around us. Um, and now we're valued at eight figures. I mean, mm. like just, just over a year. It's crazy, absolutely mm. crazy. We've spent a lot of time building IP and technology in the background. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in the background, which has really added significant value. But again, that's all certain, that's certain things I've learned. So yeah. that's me on a business perspective. I'm a father of five kids as well. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, <laughs> and that's that's all of them. There's, yeah. there's no more to that. That's a definite. <laughs> But I got the snip to make sure of it. But, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, that, that's me, really. And there's a lot more stories, I suppose, of, mm. of my life. I'm happy to delve into them as, as and when you want. Yeah. Now, when I first met you, we met at a, actually when we were on a podcast course together on how to how to set up and run a podcast. And we were out for a meal and you were sitting one person away from me. And um, you were chatting to somebody and then you turn, as these conversations tend to evolve, you kind of turned round to where I was and I turned to you. And the first thing you said to me was, I don't want to know where you live. I don't want to know what you do. I don't want to know anything like that about you. Um, What I'm interested in is why you've brought your son along to this podcast event. You've yeah. got a good memory. I don't even remember that. I don't even remember. <laughs> and what shocks me more than anything is I actually said it because um, I am very much an introvert. Like people mm. don't believe. You see me on social media. Yeah. And he's a confident guy and all that. But I absolutely hate it. You know, I'm going to, um, I, I was Khadija Khalifa, the apprentice, mm. finally. I'm going to her podcast launch on Sunday. And there's a lot of people there. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the event. Mm-hmm. And I'm really struck with the idea that I've got to socialise with people. Right? Yeah. So, so the fact that I said that, um, <laughs> it, it had to have come from the heart. Because yeah. only, to be fair, that's um, one of the things that attracted me to you in the first place was the way that you know, Caden is. Um, mm. And I admire what you, you do as a parent. Mm. Um, Thank you. What you do. And that's why, you know, if, if, if I had that conversation with you like that, that could have came from the heart. Yeah, right? yeah. That, I learned from it. I'm quite glad we had that conversation because it tells me that although, yes, I do struggle with socialising, etc., when it's of, um, it sounds a bit self centered, really, doesn't it? Mm. But when it's of interest to me, yeah. I actually don't mind it. Yeah, you know? yeah. But that's the same with everyone. You know, you tend, you've, you find conversations easier with people that you resonate with. Um, and, you know, you, you've got five kids, so you're probably 
teaching them a similar thing that they will find people in their lives who resonate with them and people that they don't. Um, and I know certainly conversations I've had, not not just with Caden, but with other young people is that, you know, don't waste your time trying to be be friends with people who aren't interested in you because they're not going to be interested in you. So from a business point of view, how have you managed to deal with that sort of scenario? Because you'll come across people who just don't resonate with you, but maybe are interested in what you're doing and want to be part of what you're doing. It's a funny one because I made a public statement about this, fortunately for myself, and I say fortunately because I'm pleased it's changed, but I've learned this thing about what's your why, you know, and Mm. this is a big thing, what is your why? And I hear a lot of people saying it's, you know, my wife and kids and all that kind of stuff. And I dug deep and said, look, I love my wife and kids, no doubt, but they're not why I do what I do. Like, Mm. if they didn't exist, I'd still be doing what I do. Mm. So I dug deep and I was honest with myself and uh, it was quite hard actually to dig this deep, but I realized that my why was my need for significance Mm -hmm. Um, because I had, for years, I had been the troublemaker. I had been the the one that was never going to go anywhere in life, Mm. Um, the one that annoyed people, Mm. the one that couldn't connect with people and didn't engage well with people. And I was just the oddball. So for me to... um, feel significant like you know like for example I used to watch family members and friends and there was a bit of jealousy I can't say there wasn't wearing university hats and throwing them up in the air while I'm sitting there wearing my blue flat cap for the um for the uh production man at the factory and I did feel that like why what worthless if Mm. I'm honest it was like Mm. well I'm not worth any more than that Mm. like you'd see jobs for example like um 70 grand a year jobs like yeah. that would never be me yeah. I used to see traveling on first class trains and only wish one day that could be me but it couldn't be me because it's not possible that's not me I'm not able to do that mm-hmm. so that need for significance crept up on me a lot and uh, it made me who I am yeah. uh, so I can't I can't fault it but fortunately I would say that over this last year to 18 months that's died down a little bit more I suppose I did get a bit of significance in terms of like I was people looking at me and saying, oh, wow, look at this and that's great. So I do have that inside. I can't deny that. Mm. Um, But I don't care as much anymore. And that's how I deal with it. So going back to your question, Mm. I know there are people that will not resonate with me, will not like me, um, will not like seeing my big bald head over Facebook, but they'll still connect to me as a friend just to have a quick look and see what I'm doing. Yeah. I get that. Um, you know, and there's people I don't resonate with. So mm-hmm. for me, I think it's just a case of accepting that mm-hmm. and realising that as you grow, you're not going to be loved and liked by everyone. Yeah. And it's difficult because when your reason why was the need for significance, when someone doesn't like you or love you, yeah. you almost try to yourself. Like you try to change yourself to say, well, how can you love and like me? But then if I change myself to make you love and like me, then no, someone else isn't someone else isn't going to resonate yeah, so yeah. I can't win so I can't, I can't bloody win yeah. that's that's how I do it really. yeah yeah no you've got to stay true to yourself haven't you but going back to that conversation we had in that restaurant I mean I remember it significantly I remember how how you spoke and what you said because I'd never had an introduction from somebody I'd never met before like that um so that's why I remember it so so well but the thing that um, I wanted to pull out from that was 
And you kind of touched on it already when you said that, you know, all those things that you saw going on, you felt that that couldn't be you. Now, you have a different mindset now, I think. And you had a different mindset by asking me those questions that you said, I'm not, don't ask me this, don't ask me that. So where has that mindset of being different come from? Where can you attribute that coming from? So would you say from when I met you or? No, just anyway, because it's who you are. And, you know, when I see you on social media or, or anyone who's searching out for you, they'll notice that you're not, you're not the ballpark kind of entrepreneur. I'm not sure that there is a ballpark entrepreneur, but you know what I mean? Um, you are different from what perhaps you would expect. So, um, I'm, I'm just interested where that mindset of being different has come from. I'm very much one that just likes to say as it is. Uh-huh. Um, I refrain from saying it as it is a lot for fear of offending people. Mm. Um, I used to feel silly. Um, I, I, I've got a thing in my head, though, that, which is a bit, uh, sounds strange when I explain it, but I process every thought before I speak it. Um, okay. Now, I know a lot of people don't. A lot of people just speak and then go, oh, God, what did I just say? Yeah. But at any even as I speak to you now, what I've said to you has already been said in my head. Okay. Um, so I used to do a lot of thinking about what I was going to say, planning it out in my head, questioning whether or not it sounds stupid, questioning what the outcome of that conversation would be, and being afraid to just be me. Mm-hmm. And I do think there was, a, there was a trigger switch in that, and that was just be me and just allow me to be me. Um, I used to struggle with my accent because I've got an accent that nobody can place at all. In mm. fact, I would say that I'd, anybody on this planet has the same access, uh, accent as me. Mm. So, you know, there was those type of things built up. And, you know, there's people out there with speech impediments and, you know, and, and they're afraid to speak, you know, they're afraid to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I've just educated myself that, what is the worst that can happen? I'm having that basic conversation with someone, you know? Yeah. I mean, I didn't notice um, a huge shift in myself, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it odd that I had that conversation with you. But like mm-hmm. I said, I just think that, I just say as I, as I feel it is, mm-hmm. that's really what's, what's happened there. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you've already mentioned you've got five children, um, of obviously yeah. of various ages. Um, so how do you, as a workaholic balance or blend rather than balance but how do you blend home life and the busy life that you have as an entrepreneur business owner well it's a great question and uh i'm a big fan of podcasts okay and Mm -hmm. uh for that reason i'm going to give you and your listeners something to to think about how i balance it is because i lost everything that's the truth of it i lost my wife and kids for not balancing it Mm. so my first wife, the marriage broke down. That wasn't meant to be. That wasn't down to me being a workaholic. That was just one of those marriages. So this isn't meant. Mm. Um, and the second uh, was meant to be, but I didn't know it. Mm. Um, I actually neglected my relationship. I neglected, I wouldn't say I neglected my children, as in they weren't neglected and left in the house on their own, that type of neglect. But mm. I, le- I neglected them in terms of being present. Mm. And I did that a hell of a lot. Mm. Um, to the point where... It just became normal and accepted. And I knew deep down that it wasn't right, mm. but I'm on a mission. 
can't I? So obviously I've got this mission I must complete. Yeah. Um, I must get, I must have the bills paid for crying out loud, especially yeah. like, bear in mind, I was 10 years in business and yeah. that's the minimum wage. Yeah. So that was not easy. No. And the problem is as well, it wasn't just one business, so that's a big learning lesson. I just kept opening businesses every yeah. time I had an idea. Like yeah. you can open them in 24 hours. So <laughs> I really, really would stress anyone who's listening to this, please do take this advice. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, because it can bite you later mm. on. And I'm going through a, a series of funding now. And actually, that can potentially bite you. Mm. I've been very fortunate that it hasn't. Um, <clears throat> but it's been times. Yeah. Um, and and the, the truth of it is, is uh, I used to watch Dragon's Den mm. on telly. Um, and <clears throat> that stockpiles of cash. And I used to believe that I was a... Not a dragon, but, you know, I was like, I'm going to open more businesses. I'm a multiple business owner. Yay, yeah. it doesn't matter that they're not making any money. That's mm. what it is. Mm. Therefore, I was just working and working and working on loads of different things and whatever. So I neglected my relationship as a result of that. Wasn't earning a great deal of money. So therefore, couldn't do great things. Didn't have a holiday for like 10 years. Really suffered uh, living a normal life. Now, mm. I feel a bit guilty saying that because last night, and I'm diverting a bit, but it's important because last night I watched a video from um, Stephen Green, who I'm not mm. sure if you know from uh, The Homeless Millionaire. Yeah. Two hours I watched that. Um, and it, and that, again, that's put life into perspective. How could I moan about that when, you know, like at least I had a home? Mm. Um, but the fact is, I was miserable and I neglected my relationship. So just before Christmas, pretty bad time. Uh, my wife told me she had enough. I don't blame her, really. She was like, I'm done. Like, mm. I'm absolutely done. Mm. Um, and I, being me, entrepreneurial decision-making, um, I decided that I didn't want to hurt either. So I said, well, if Christmas is coming, you think I'm playing Happy Families, I'm out of here. Mm. So I left mm. um, very quickly as well. And I made that decision in haste, without much thought. But... I literally lost everything. I lost mm. my wife and kids and I moved into, uh, it was at the same time as setting up the business, so I had no money. Mm. Um, I was in debt as it was, credit card debt. And I made a decision that actually what I need to do is just move out. So I, all I could find was a shared accommodation and it was mice infested. Um, but I just stayed upstairs and didn't worry about it, never went to the kitchen mm. and I could get room in the house. So, it's a bit of a long answer, this, but there is relevance to it because uh, you asked me how I manage it. And yeah. the reason I manage it is because I stayed in that room on my own, crying my eyes out. Mm. Um, I stayed in that room listening to the clock tick and realizing how lonely I was. Mm. Um, I was going on dating sites looking for love, looking for sex, looking for fun, you know? Mm. Uh, and it just wasn't what, what was right at the yeah. time. Yeah. And I always take myself back to that. So the good news is I, I got my wife and kids back. Mm. Um, it took 10 months, you know, of us going through a lot and changes in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we rebuilt our relationship from scratch, yeah. which was very, I'm really, really pleased for that. It went the right way. Yeah. But, but I it, didn't, it doesn't come without some sort of sacrifice, does it? And, and, a whole lot of hard work, like you said, all the work underneath that people don't see in the in your business that you have now. It's the same as in any relationship, whether it's with your partner or with your children. The people outside don't see the work that goes in. Right. 
and and even more so in your case where you've had to rebuild all of that again start all over again but you've got children in the mix as well yeah and you know the funny thing is is you've got you it's not just about rebuilding it because you go through all the emotions when yeah. in relationships and uh, and and I think the thing is you go through do I actually want this do I want to rebuild it or yeah. it's quite a nice life being single you yeah. know um, there's no argument in that yeah. uh, there's benefits but at the same time it's also very lonely yeah. um, and also when it's what you wanted really deep down yeah. then you start trying to convince it was mm-hmm. so anyway the point was I lost and, and that's how I am so so confident in my ability to to change because I know that that pain was deep hard dark pain don't I don't ever want to experience it again in fact no I'm, I'm not going to be naive and say that could never happen again but it will never happen again as a result of my actions yeah that's the fact because yeah. I would have to live with that I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, so I think realistically, from that, it, it helped me get my head together and just say, you know what, make that extra bit of time. Mm. I'm not, I'm far from perfect. Mm. I'm still working long hours, but I do recognize that I have to put in that time. And, and, that, and that's the long answer to yeah yeah no but it's hard it is very hard when you're blending a life a business life when you're building something um for the future for your family and you need to be present in their lives now because their lives go so fast that when you blink how did you manage to get to 18 and a minute ago you were three years of age kind of idea so it is very difficult to make sure that everything is balanced um, and everybody is happy um, and that you know who those people are as they're growing up. So how do you stay, particularly with the older ones, the older children, how do you make sure you stay connected with them? So I think that's really quite a struggle that some of our listeners have um, is that they they have this disconnect with their teenagers and they don't they, they don't know then how to reconnect with them. I disconnect, I've had reconnect, I've had disconnect, I've had reconnect, but um, they, they are uh, 100 miles from me, so I don't see them as often. Mm. Um, but the, the hardest thing that I've had to do is let them be them mm. and let them make their own mistakes and stop trying to guide them, yeah, but also let them make their own mistakes. Yeah. And I find that, I think every parent does really, we don't want our kids to make mistakes because. If they make mistakes and they're going to suffer, yeah. whatever that is, a day, an hour, a minute, or a lifetime, you're going mm-hmm. to suffer the decision they make. Mm-hmm. However, I'm learning more than more and more that actually those mistakes, everyone's mistakes in life, make you stronger. So I think from my point of view, that really helps the relationship with my kids is that I can just accept that they make mistakes. Yeah, I've also a lot in the way of... Um, language as well mm. which i think is very important how you speak to your kids and i don't mean like you know down with the kids type talk no <laughs> i mean i mean the lines of um conflict management if you like yeah so dealing with things like instead of saying you're doing my heading mm. you know it's all about them doing your heading yeah. then you just attack and it's funny enough i've actually taught my kids this as well because I've helped them understand, like, you're in arguments because you're making accusations about someone or you're saying they did this, they did that, they made you feel this way. But actually, 
you made yourself feel that way. Yeah. And I've helped understand that you get one child in one life, one child in another, you can throw a load of bad aggression at them and exactly the same aggression at the other one. One will react, one won't. Yeah. So therefore, it's actually them that's the problem, for want of a better phrase. Mm. And they're the can only them can make the decision to change yeah. and not allow whatever it is bothered. Now, it's easier said than done. Um, you know, it's there's certain things, we all have certain things growing up. Like I used to hate being called baldy when I was like in my 30s. Like, mm. you know, I was going bald and I had patches and mm. I hated it. I don't care now. Like, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. But then take another bald guy who's getting called baldy all the time and he's like oh don't do that don't do that don't do that you're horrible you're nasty you're doing this to me yeah. but actually he's doing it because he's making the decision to be bothered by it yes I try to teach my kids and, and I think because they they get that level of I'd, I'd say almost discipline because it is a it's an educational discipline mm-hmm. because they I think they respect it yeah not not all the time you know many of the times they, they can you know, tell me to get lost which is quite common quite normal <laughs> yeah. um, but it, you know, what I was like as a teenager as well I was an absolute kid mm. like I had a foul mouth I had no respect mm. I had my value but I always remember having them deep down mm-hmm. um, I'd still get up and if someone was on the bus I'd stand up and you know I'd let, I'd let them sit down and hold doors for people I had those values I had them ingrained in me from my parents yeah. but I still had the chip on my shoulder yeah. you know I still I was um just a gobby teenager. Mm. So I always try to find myself with that as well. Yeah. And I think, look, at the end of the day, providing they don't die, and I know that sounds like really crazy, but mm. providing their decision doesn't lead their death, then really, like, let them make it. Yeah. And, uh, and and that's what it is. And I might live to regret that one day. And if that's the case, then that's the case. But um, I think I've learned the hard way. I've been, especially with my first two, I've been the very strict dad. And in fact, I was probably the strictest dad that you know. How do you go about teaching your children and children that, and young people that come into your sphere of influence? How do you um, encourage them to think and um, think about entrepreneurship rather than perhaps going down the n- normal, in inverted commas, normal route? route? This is a funny one because actually none of my children are following my footsteps at all. Mm. Um, one thing I am doing, in answer to your question on how to do that, is my biggest weakness, and I only discovered this in the last six months, was my minimum wage mentality. Mm. Um, because I left school at 15 and I was worthless as far as I was concerned, for me to have a job was minimum wage. There was no such thing as a premium job for me because I was undereducated and I didn't believe I was worth it. Yeah. So... I try to teach my kids when it comes to find uh, their worth. It's difficult, especially with the younger ones. Mm-hmm. But um, I try to teach them their worth. Yeah. And I am building up my worth because uh, my financial worth, worth, if you like, because I don't want them to have to live the minimum wage lifestyle. I don't want them spoiled and want for nothing. Mm. But at the same time, I don't want them to think that, you know, earning six, ten pounds an hour or whatever is a way of life. Mm. Um, so I lead by example, I suppose, is the best way to explain that. I have tried and success and failed miserably. What is his name? Caleb Maddox? Yeah, Caleb Maddox. I tried to put my son onto him 
because he's a YouTuber, like, mm. well, I kind of convinced him he was, but I said, oh, look, I've got a YouTuber you can follow. Um, and that was a good lesson for me, really, is that I can't choose who they want to follow. No. And he watched a video, and I could see him, like, do I really have to do this? You know, <laughs> he's only he's eight years old, and I'm making him watch this stuff. But I was doing that for my reasons, because I thought, I do want you to follow, not in my footsteps, but I want you, at the very least, to open your mind to you know, language and yeah. behaviour. Yeah. Uh, it's about having a choice, not, isn't it? It's about having a choice of that there's this possibility for you, there's this possibility as well, or you can do what everybody else does, but you, it's about keeping their eyes open. I don't know whether I'll ever win me, but I try to keep that balance. So yeah. I, I paid for the Caleb Maddox thing. He watched one, one video I tried to excite him by going, oh, watch that one that says parents can't watch it. And I get emails from Caleb Maddox. I, I see more of him than my son does. But um, <laughs> I know. But uh, I'm not that concerned. Like, I go, well, you know what? I mean, I haven't actually cancelled it, so that's why Caleb Maddox is a millionaire, because like, people <laughs> like me don't cancel it. Yeah. It's true, though. <laughs> um, but the point is, I, I kind of go, well, he's fine as he is. Yeah. I don't need to change him. If you're entrepreneurial yourself, it's almost like you can't help yourself but expose your children to other and expose young people in your sphere of influence to other avenues. And I think it's about being consistent with doing that. If you stop doing it, but you're being entrepreneurial yourself, you're sending a wrong message to them. Um, I think you almost yes. have an um, obligation to ensure that they have exposure to other other sphere, other people, other other ways of being, because you know the opportunity is all around them, but they've got to have their eyes open to see the opportunities. You do, but but isn't that the same? Like all parents are the same. Like you know, I'm not like any anyone in particular, but no. you've got faiths, religion, uh, ways of life, belief. Um, you know, the color of your hair that you dye your hair. If you've got rainbow hair, you chance that your kids are going to follow it. Yeah. Um, your interest. Are going to help others. So you, we all, as parents, uh, naturally try to, or um, in fact, now I say we try to, we do try to instill these things on our kids because we want them to be like us. Right? Yeah. Why, why would we be like we are mm. if we weren't wanting to be like we are? So of course we go, oh, our kids need to be like us too. Mm. And it's quite common and it's quite natural. But again, and I don't disagree with it either, for the record. I think whatever way you want your kids to grow up should be how they grow up. Mm. Um, you've still got to let them find themselves yeah. and get that balance. If they don't get that balance, then you're just telling them what to do and that's going to be a major issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you'll have some sort of major fallout from that at some point. So let's talk a little bit about what you do at the moment. So I know our son is involved in it as well, but just explain to the listeners um, this exciting concept because I still can't get my head around it in some respects that you and your team are the first people really that have thought about this in this day and age so oh. just explain a little bit about what expert apps is and how it came about so uh, it came about because i found coaching and mentoring and i was blocked to coaching and mentoring by the way so mm. um i used to see coaching and mentoring as just coaches were just failed people that didn't do very well and just wanted to make it too quick mm. um, and i Real, really, real big shame in saying that, um, and I, I'm not that person now. But I did no. used to believe. It. But no, I think I, th- I think there's a lot of people that feel that way. I don't think you're on your own. 
Yeah. And I did, and that, that created a blockage then. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I pay someone to do stuff that I know I can work out myself? You mm-hmm. know, it's like, there's no point. So anyway, uh, the long and short of it was, I realized there's a big, big industry of coaching and mentoring, uh, both in terms of the end user getting the service, but also in the coaches and mentors, uh, building very successful businesses. Mm. Something missing, and there was loads of things missing in the industry that were really doing my head in. Like, if you've got a coach and a mentoring package and you sell from stage, it's okay to get, say, I don't know, 20% of the room engaged in your program. And you just let the rest go away and go, oh, it's industry standard. That's what we do. Mm. And I said, why are you not allowing? Why are you allowing that to happen? Because these people in the room are there and you've got an opportunity to serve them and you're going to let them walk away. Mm. And I've been in that process myself. And I'm like, okay, look, not everyone can buy on the day. I get that. That's cool. But take these people and nurture them and they'll mm. come on the journey with you, mm. you know? But they're only going to do that if you give them somewhere to go. Yeah. And the problem is there's so much social media. There's Facebook, there's Twitter, there's LinkedIn. There's all these other social medias out there. Mm. And WhatsApp groups. And you lose connection with the people that you're trying to bring into your program. Mm. So therefore, you're just not reaching enough people. And you're accepting lower, let's say, standards of KPIs, which is key performance indicators, than you should do. Yeah. So we said, so I, I decided that... Um, an app is the right way forward. An app is a place where you can bring a community of people together. So we created the social networking apps for industries. Initially, it was for industries themselves. Mm. And then I realized um, I was building out expert areas in these industries so I could bring experts in to teach. But I pivoted because I realized actually experts didn't want to come into my apps. They wanted their own. And once I realized that, the penny dropped. I started creating them for experts. So coaches, mentors, and industry experts having their own apps. Mm. But it didn't get there because I realized that not everyone, like there's Facebook groups, there's a social community already. So why would you need this? Mm. So I realized that actually I needed to serve these people more. And I looked at their biggest challenges and what is it that they're struggling with? And things like, um, we all say this, right? I'm I'm pretty sure everyone who's listening to this podcast has once in their life turned around and said, oh, if only I could clone myself. Yeah, yeah. so now I, I clone people, um, not not like in a weird way. <laughs> I, I make them virtual versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you're a coach and a mentor and um, you're mentoring somebody, then you can't climb into bed with them. Like, that would be a bit weird, right? But with our apps, you can. You can actually, they can go to bed, they can go and sleep with a partner, and they can actually bring you with them and mm. you can talk to them within the app because there's videos of you, there's communication, there's quizzes in the apps so that if you want to learn things that you want to retain the learning, the education you've had, you can do quizzes. Mm-hmm. But instead of being, oh, you got it right, you got it wrong, it's the mentor talking to you. So, and this works in many, many different ways. So if you think about it, like you go to an event and again, looking at it from the point of view of a mentor, you go to an event and... They go, oh, I'm really interested, I'm really interested, I want to get in. So the individual goes home, speaks to the partner, we need to buy this conservatory. I'm sorry, that's the most important thing. We need to buy this conservatory. Mm. Oh, you know, we, we're not going to do it, we're not going to do this. And that affects the mentoring industry, which therefore affects the amount of people who say. Yeah. So we change, we say, well, actually, if you bring the app home that you're in, and you show your partner that and say, I went to this course today, which was fantastic, I did this, I did that. By the way, look at this. This person who's getting results here, look at this, oh, and look, it does that, it does this. Then that partner's no longer interested in their conservatory, they're interested in how they're actually going to grow together. Yeah. So that's little bits like that. And then there's, there's accountability, so we've got calendars. But the long and short of it is, 
we are bringing all the mentors and coaches, we're 47 now, all in, um, so far since we started the journey, coming forward, they come to a meeting every quarter, and they tell us all the problems. What challenges have you got? What challenges have your clients got? And we'll fix them with technology. So I'll literally finish on this and just say, to give you an idea of the type of thing. A coach would potentially um, coach someone. Now, there's a lot of people that have got kind of traumatic times in their life that they've been struggling with. And as a result of it, it could be a date. So like 15th of March could be a tragedy. It could have been a passing, whatever. Yeah. But they might go to a coach to get some support and some help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this counseling coach would give them advice and guidance. But... Come March, that's diluted a little bit. So we heard this challenge from one of our clients. So we said, okay, what about this? How about this for a solution? What if in the calendar, when they leave your meeting, you could say to uh, your phone, you could talk to your phone and say, look, we spoke today. You're having real big challenges on the 15th of March for this reason, this reason, this reason. These are the tools we've given you to help you through the process. What I've done for you is I've put this audio clip in your diary for the 15th of March, but you can't access it. Okay. So that's how random these things are, the mm. developments we make. Mm. Because for that is, it deals with retention. If you get to the 15th of March and you're going through that really, really difficult time and you go to a calendar and press play and you've got that person talking to you, like caring about you, yeah. are you going to leave mm. when it comes to subscribers? No, you're not. You're going to stay. Mm. Are you going to get the highest? It's a win-win for both parties. Yeah. So that's what expert apps is all about that's what it is at now um, we're going to keep evolving it we're tapping into different industries mm. and how can people find out about that because if they're interested in it's a subscription-based app obviously so how can they find out about it and um, maybe even want to be part of it expert apps yeah, we used to do it when we licensed the product at a one-off price, um, but that, that started going up to like as high as twenty-five thousand. Mm. It was out of reach for people. So we've now um, we've developed a, a monthly license model, which is much better actually, and it serves people a lot better. Yeah. Um, when they listen to this, the price will be different. So mm-hmm. you know, it basically goes on whatever time you get in, you get the lower price. Yeah. Um, and it goes up accordingly. So and that will always be the case. Yeah. So the best thing is check out the Expert Apps website. Um, it's expert apps not online. Yeah. Apply to get a demo, um, and one of my team will demo the product with you and also see if it's a good fit. It's not a good fit for everybody. No. If you're charging, like, you're talking about minimum wage, you've still got a minimum wage in your head, and mm-hmm. um, that's your mentality and that's your mindset. Product's not going to be no. just not going to work. No. If you're charging out, so it's not working. But if you're charging a couple of grand for, uh, you know, maybe. Uh, a mastermind, a, a coaching program, or three to five hundred pound a month per person. Then you know that's a bit different. Yeah, so it all depends on that. Yeah, we'll do it. this Now you've got some exciting times ahead as well, haven't you? So do you want to just explain at, at the time of the recording what, where where you are and what's what's coming? Because I think it's really exciting what what I've heard and seen on social oh, media. It is crazy, absolutely crazy. So. Um, we're, we're doing a, um, a Cedars crowdfund, which is a big crowdfunding company mm-hmm. that helps raise money as a crowdfund. So yeah. when you're a tech, tech business, they, they either fold very quickly yeah. or they evolve very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're one of the most high-risk investments, mm. um, but one of the most profitable when they pay off. Yeah. So 
what people look for is the founders that are behind it. And, uh, you know, I take credit for this. One of the founders, Danny, Danny Webster, the other. Um, we work very hard and we're very, very much doing the business growth. Yeah. So venture capitalists are people with big pots of money that will invest in this. So you've got two either go down that route or you can go down the route of cedars which allows your everyday person to be able to invest from a minimum of 100 pounds up to 50,000 yeah and we have been approved for that and the last two weeks we've been in a pre-pledge round which means that people can pledge to commit mm. but today like i actually think i've got a glass door in front of me and i've had my team waving so i've got a feeling it could be done yeah. that or they need to Yes, another question for see mm. It's been crazy. Uh, yes, so the next 24, 48 hours, what it's going to be, um, we will be live on the platform that our friends, family, and followers can all get involved mm. and be a part of it. But and what that means is if someone puts in a thousand pounds and our company valuation doubles, their money becomes two thousand. Mm. So we're, we're planning for a lot more to double. We're going 10 times, 100 times. You know, we don't know where it's going to end up. but mm. Is that it's just going to constantly grow. Mm. So it's really exciting times. Very exciting. Great for us, not only from the point of view of our business growth, but also from the point of view of the financial revenue. It means we can stop being a little six-time team. Or yeah. And we can expand then, that we can get more people in and that we can start creating. And actually, myself and Danny can take a step back yeah. and just look in from the outside mm-hmm. and create and innovate, uh, which we have been able to do for a long time. Yeah. We've been so I think when you get to that stage of seeing that you're just on the tip of being able to scale it and it's so close that you can taste it, then it becomes really exciting, not just for you um, and your the team that you have, but also those people around you who have been following what you've been doing and supporting you, especially your family. And especially, you know, because you've shared your backstory with us as well. So to see where where you were and where you are now, it's almost there isn't it it's just so exciting for you and you know what no doubt we'll have a few hiccups along the way and mm. that's what happens like, mm. and we do and it has been tough like you know we keep thinking oh we're nearly there now and then we get asked other questions and mm. then there's more questions through that and then provide evidence for this evidence for that and it is tiring um, it's affecting as well as a business because obviously we're not setting we're not serving you know in terms of being able to get new clients in yeah uh, but in a way for us because we've got a little bit of a backlog on the app so we've really been able to catch up with that as well so mm. it's a bit of a win mm. um you know it's it's one of those things it's like you're you're on the point of a of a breakthrough yeah um and i'm just other people can get involved because this is the time to be involved in yeah. something like this is is when you know when it's early stages and mm. there isn't venture capitalists involved but when mm. venture capitalists get involved talking about 20 million investment that's mm. realistically in, in apps that we the space that we're in, and therefore the company valuation is just going to go through the roof, which means people's shares are going to go through. The roof. But mm. just for the record, I do have to say, it's an FCA approved promotion. And as a result, <laughs> where capital is at risk, mm. and it's due to the own due diligence. And if you decide it's you, then get involved. Mm. If you leave this podcast in time, it might even be too late. But mm. never mind. Mm. Either way, you know, it's it's nice to know. If, if anyone ever wants to go through this process and wants to learn a little bit. Then I'm always uh, happy to connect on. I think that's really important, actually, especially for the young people or the parents or whoever of the young people that are in their sphere of influence um, is that just what you said there, you know, you are going to have hiccups. They're going to have hiccups in whatever they're doing. 
but it's about learning from those hiccups and then going to people who have been through that, like yourself, and saying, you know, can you give me 10 minutes of your time because this is where I'm at. And because of somebody like you who's going through this, I know that you would be particularly um, happy to share with other people um, and other entrepreneurs as well because you you know the pain and you know that the gain is there and you're you want other people to to have that success too yeah absolutely yeah uh, without you know i like to help people along the way anyway mm. um because i've been helped along the way and that's the truth of it is you know you you've got to learn from each other you've got to listen if someone's listened to this podcast and they've gone this way this far through they deserve help. They deserve mm. to be able to reach out and say something. If they've only listened to the first 10 minutes and switched off, then they're not committing to their, no. you know, development. Yeah. Then they don't deserve it. You know, yeah. I'm sorry to say it, but yeah, it is, but, mm. you know, you've got to really, you've got to keep going. Like, mm. you know, I, I'm relentless. I do not stop mm. because I, I know what I want again. Yeah, yeah. So the podcast is called Raising Successful Kids. Um, so I always end the podcast with this question. What does that mean to you? Wow, what a question. So um, I don't think to me it's about raising millionaires. So it's more for me, it's about actually, I think if I'm honest, it's just getting them through their teenagers. Like, that's it. I personally, I say bluntly, I wouldn't like to be a teenager in this day and age. I think it's very, very difficult. Younger years aren't so bad, but when you start hitting, you know, 10, 15, probably 10 to 18, my, my oldest is 16 now, certainly in 17. So yeah. I'd say 10 to 19, um, I'd like to get them through that stage. Don't yeah. wish their life away, but no, that's successful no. kids is helping them get through that stage. Mm. Because once they're in that stage, they'll be yours again. They'll be happy again. Yeah. Um, they'll appreciate everything and they'll go and pass it on to their children. Yeah. So yeah, that would be raising successful kids. In answer to the question would be giving them guidance and support helping them so that they can go and raise successful kids. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, thank you so much. Um, how can people get hold of you and find you? Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I usually am kind of overpopulated with the friends. It's not hard to do these days because it's only mm. like a 5,000 minute thing. But, um, so Darren Galvin, you can find me on there. I've got a Facebook page you can follow. Uh, but also, on, if you're wanting uh, you know, to communicate with the guys at the apps, then expert online. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also as well so yeah i'm i'm the guy with the bald head you won't miss me (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you so much for taking your time out of your very busy day and i know like you've already said you've got you're on the cusp of something amazing so i'm pretty sure that there's a lot of activity going on in your office at the moment so i really appreciate you taking the time today to talk to me and talk to the listeners um thank you so much uh for taking the time really appreciate it darren you take care okay I hope everybody enjoyed listening to that recording today um, with Darren. I'm, he was he literally just ended the meeting now and rushed off because he had some important questions that he needed to get answered um, based on what he was talking about earlier in the podcast. I just wanted to also add that it's really, I get these guests on um, to the Raising Successful Kids podcast because I feel that they have a very valuable story that we can all learn from. Um, and, you know, people look at entrepreneurs and particularly you know, people like Richard Branson or, you know, people in those sort of spheres and see that that's, that's their idea of being an entrepreneur, but it isn't. 
it isn't the standard. There isn't a standard one size fits all entrepreneur. So if you have um, children in your sphere of influence, young people that you're working with, young people in your family, and you see that they have something that can grow, can earn them some money, uh, but can certainly help them to become richer in how they think about life, more successful in how they treat themselves and other people, then I encourage you to encourage them and to help them along their way so that they can continue to think and be successful and to grow and be successful in all that they're doing. So leave me a message on all the platforms that I'm on, um, share this with your friends and I look forward to joining you on the next episode.